verse 3, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. Number two, after we trust the word, expect scoffers. What are scoffers? They are people that will do everything they can to make you not believe this book. You know, I, I heard a wonderful testimony uh, this week from someone that told me how they came to Christ. And we were sitting uh, over on 71st Street, and, and they told me that they went to a, uh, a denominational church just up here in town a little bit, and they were an unsaved person, they were attending this church with their family, and they, they just started listening to the hymns. And in Sunday school, they said, in Sunday school at this church downtown, they said, you know, I believe Jesus did great miracles. The pastor called them that week, invited them, this person, into the pastor's office and sat down with them and said, you're bordering on fanaticism if you believe that there were miracles performed by Jesus. The disciples in later centuries wrote all those stories into the Bible. Jesus did not believe in miracles. He did not rise from the dead. And he did not do any of those things that the Bible says. And you're bordering on fanaticism if you believe that. So you better be careful. Now, that was right here in this town about 17 years ago. And this young man was so challenged when the pastor told him that, that he went home and got a Bible out, his parents' Bible. And he says, God, help me. And he put it down. Now, this is not the way you should study the Bible, okay? Don't you do this. You're not unsaved. Help me. Dropped it open. First Corinthians. He started reading First Corinthians, and he was so convicted. He was a high school senior. So convicted that that book spoke to his heart that he dropped right there and trusted Christ as his Savior. Went back to his pastor and said, not only did Jesus do the miracles, he did a miracle in me. And he was unwelcome at that church anymore. They said, you're a religious fanatic. Out. You know what? Scoffers are here. Verse 3 says, expect the scoffers. As people run amok, as, as one person wrote, in sin and every form of debauchery and ungodliness, they will become more and more impervious to God's truth, and they will be resentful of his standards of righteousness. See, what happens is, if you don't believe in the living and true God that has revealed himself that's in this book, then you've got to invent your own God. And most likely, it'll be someone just like you. You know, when the Greeks invented the mythological gods, the whole pantheon of Greek gods, you know, mythology... Cupid and Apollo and all that stuff, they invented gods that were just like them. And their gods were always having little faux pas and little affairs and little problems and little things because no one would invent a god like the god of the Bible. Who would want to have a god like that around? Because he will call us into account, so we want to invent gods a little less than that. And that's why evolution is so nice. We're gods. You know, we determine our destiny. We're looking for artificial intelligence or we're looking for some extraterrestrial people that will tell us some secrets how to get rid of AIDS and cancer and aging and everything else. But we don't want a, a personal God that invaded this planet. Well, as time goes on, our world will get so vile and so wretched and so preoccupied with sex, drugs, alcohol, materialism, and pleasure-seeking that they will believe every explanation that can be given them for the end-time signs that God's going to give. Do you ever wonder that? How are people going to ride out the tribulation? How are they going to ride out the rending of the heavens, the convulsions of the cosmos, the demonic hordes God is going to unleash on this planet, the, the sun scorching the earth, the water supply totally being poisoned, death and carnage everywhere? How are they going to ride that out? They're going to be worshiping the demons that come to plague them 
and they're going to be so preoccupied with self-gratification that they're going to be exactly like the generation that lived while Noah built the ark. I mean, Noah preached. I mean, he didn't just build that thing for 120 years. He preached for 120 years. And he warned the world that God was going to destroy the whole world, just like we're supposed to be. You know, you should have a little bit of of, uh, enthusiasm in your witness. The people you talk to, if Christ came tomorrow, they would be on a seven-year death ride where half of all the people on this planet are going to die a more grisly death than Stephen King can write about in his books because it's going to be real and it's going to be inescapable and it's going to be horrific. When God lets man be trapped on a planet with the hordes of the demonic world that are going to be gathered and just kept on this place. I mean, if you've had any dealings with the occult, bumping into the occult once is enough to keep anybody away from it that's sensible. But how would you like to be trapped on this planet with demons fiendishly intent upon destroying you and having no way to defend yourself? Well, the scriptures say we should expect the scoffers. They're coming. In the days of Noah before the flood, they were eating and drinking. They were marrying. They were giving in marriage. If you look at 2 Peter 2.5, it says in that verse that God did not spare the ancient world But he saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, and he brought the flood on the world of the ungodly. Now, did Peter believe in the flood? Yes. Did Jesus believe in the flood? Yes. Did Moses believe in the flood? Yes. Did the apostles preach about the flood? Yes. Did they believe it was a local overflowing of the Tigris River that was localized somewhere in Mesopotamia? No. They all taught it was a global, cataclysmic destruction of every human being. How many people were on the planet back then? Well, if you look at the same guy that they projected out the, the population figures and use his figure, there were probably one to two billion people when Noah lived. Billion. Did you know it was a very advanced civilization? Did you know it must have been incredible to live on the world back then? Have you ever thought about coal? It takes 40 feet of organic material compressed at the right temperature and the right compression to make a one-foot-thick seam of coal. They have found seams of coal 20 and 40 feet thick. You multiply that out, that means that there had to be vegetation 1,600 feet thick that had to get squashed to make that seam of coal. Did you know we can't grow vegetation like that on the planet today? Have you ever thought about the fossils? We don't grow animals like that anymore either. They don't get that big anymore. People don't get that big anymore. Did you know the footprints they found of human beings in the fossil strata? They, you don't hear about this. They aren't very often in the books. But if you look back before the 40s in the, in the fossil books, you'll find that, yes, they have found human or human-appearing footprints. And those footprints are large, 15 inches, a lot of them. People were bigger back then. Animals were bigger. Trees were bigger. Everything, it was kind of like living in a resort back then. And God destroyed them, 2 Peter 2.5, because they would not respond to the gospel. The scriptures say those people laughed when when Noah spoke to them about the flood. They'd never seen rain. They never heard of a flood. Probably the earth was, had a vapor canopy. That's how it appears that God made it. And, and there was no, there was no, 
knowledge of, of a flood. It just, the earth watered itself. It didn't rain. It just kind of was like a mist that, that came out, kind of like a sprinkler system that comes in the dark. And you don't even know it's there, and it does its work. They had never seen such a calamity, so they discounted the idea. And they went about their daily routines in Noah's day. They ate, they drank, they married, they did business as usual until God slammed the door shut. And when the water started coming down, and when the fountains of the deep started spurting forth, and most likely that term in Hebrew means not just water, it meant the volcanoes started erupting. Did you know that the Columbian Plateau that goes from the Pacific Northwest all the way over to Wyoming and down is 200,000 square miles of volcanic eruptions? When did that happen? When did this planet get like this? During the flood. And God says all the evidences of the flood are for us to remember that people who are untouched by God's truth and who don't understand their perilous situation need to be warned that there's another cataclysm coming. <laughs>